All right, so if uh, welcome to our adult Sunday school class. We are um, in our week three of our series on prayer. Okay, so if you have been with us for uh, any time this past winter in January, what we've been doing is we are setting ourselves up, leading up to what we hope would be um, prayer, learning about prayer by praying. Okay, so ra rather than a, you know rather than a Sunday school about on prayer, um, I think I think it will be actually formational for us to learn to pray uh, by pray <laughs> by praying. So so next week next week we'll see how this goes. It's kind of an experiment. So uh, so well so um, we'll, we'll 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 go with what what uh, we'll see what happens. All right, but. Um, but, but Lord willing, uh, if everything goes according to plan, uh, we hope that next week will be a time of blessing to you, but not with me talking, but us uh, praying together, okay? And, 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 we'll, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of set it up next week, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. However, this week, we are, um, we are kind of looking at the last of our three uh, topics um, on prayer, all right. So we, we first, uh, so the first week we just started talking about we call we, we just titled it, the Christian and prayer, and that was just more an introduction, all right. So how do we understand what prayer is? And then last week or two weeks ago, uh, we looked at what does it mean to uh, be a praying church, right? That prayer is not just a solitary activity; it's not just private. Uh, it's something we do together, right? And so, um, and then, and then this week. Um, the title of this, uh, this class is, we're calling it The Kingdom and Prayer. And, and all that means is that um, is I want us to get used to a, um, an idea, and this comes from the book and the places, but this idea of what does it look like to pray non-anxious prayers, okay? Um, uh, prayers that don't begin with our need. All right, um, and and we're going to talk about that here in a second. All right, but uh, but that's kind of where we're that's, that's kind of where we're uh, we're going with this. All right, so um, by way of just uh, introduction, repetition, um, the book that we are sort of drawing a lot of this from from is called uh, is this book called uh, a Praying Church by Paul Miller. Some of you may be familiar with a Praying Life uh, by Paul Miller. Um, this is the one that is specifically written. Um, in terms of what does it look like for us uh, to, not, uh, to not just pray on our own, but what does it look like to, do, to become a, a praying community, um, a church that is characterized uh, by prayer, all right? And then uh, the other one is this one by, um, do I have it the right way up? No, I don't have it right. Um, it's called a, uh, this one is called Praying the Bible, okay? And Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. This book, see, right? If you want to go with the thin one, right? Um, if you want, uh, th this one uh, is is just about what does it look like to, um, for for if you struggle with, you know, praying the same old thing, right? You find yourself saying the same thing over and over again, and you're like, my praying is repetition. I'm by myself and I'm bored, all right? So, and if if that's you, um, if that's you, then this would actually not be a, this would actually be a, be a good resource, right? Because it really says. If the, especially, he spends a lot of time in the Psalms. If the Psalms are words that are given by God to us to say back to him, then it makes sense to pray the Bible, right? So 
um, and so that's, so that's what this is about. So I commend both of this to you, but I've also put up there the, um, the podcast series on, on, a, praying, on a praying church. Um, if, that's, if that's your deal, uh, you can listen. I think there's like 16 episodes where they just walk through the book. All right, okay. So <clears throat> that's just by, by way of resources to know that none of what I'm talking today is original to me. Okay, all right, so now, uh, quickly, quick, re- re- uh, quick recap, all right? So the first week, I said there were three things um, that we want to try to recover. Um, uh, the first one was uh, to recover an, uh, the, the validity and the necessity of Christian experience, all right? So, of course, being in our sort of Reformed Presbyterian circles, um, we tend to be a lot more cerebral uh, when it comes to um, our approach to the Christian life. Um, uh, you know, we talk a lot about knowledge and doctrine, of course, all good. Um, but what happens is sometimes we downplay the validity of Christian experience. And we just simply say that Christian experience is simply us knowing, in the true sense of the word, what is already true of us. Okay? It's not trying to get a new experience. It's not trying to become more. That's actually kind of that idea of that Gnostic idea that that, that there's more to the Christian life. Um, All we have is already ours in Christ. The question is, do we know that? And so prayer is one way that we recover that, all right? Secondly, we talked about the role of the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, if we say things like, you know, look to Jesus, that is only a concept, only an idea, and not not actually lived reality without the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of Christians. Okay, so in some ways, we are talking about more to be more Trinitarian, right? Just this idea of that, what, what is the role of the Holy Spirit in my life as a Christian? And, and ultimately, it is to really help us see Jesus. Take that which is what we already say, Christ as the center, and make that lived reality for you and me. Not just, not just privately, but together as a church. All right? And then the third one we said was the idea of power. What does it mean to live an empowered Christian life? All right? And we said that that has nothing to do with, that has to do with what does it mean to live out of the resurrection of Jesus? Right? That we take the resurrection of Jesus seriously. Not just a historical event, something that happened in the past, but that we live lives, resurrection lives. Okay? And so that, that's what we did in our first week. All right. Second recap, right, from uh, two weeks ago. All right. So two weeks ago, what we said was, what does it mean like for uh, the church? Right? What does it look like uh, for us to recover the church? And we said that prayer is not just a solitary uh, practice. If the church is the primary means for us to be sanctified, to become more like Jesus, then where should praying be occurring? Here. Okay? The, 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 that makes sense. Right? So rather than it being a private affair, it's meant to be something that, we, that is done in community. Okay? And so we said that. But then we said, when we looked at some pitfalls, all right? the pitfall of over-spiritualizing, right? where everything just sounds really fake. Okay? In other words, it's, it becomes, it's artificial sounding. We want to avoid that. Right? Jesus warns about piling up words just because we feel that if we use all the right words or say the right things, um, that somehow we are better. And the Bible warns against that, right? Because that's, that makes prayer artificial. 
right? And no one likes fake, right? Secondly, it can, the, the pitfall of under-spiritualizing, right? We live in a culture that is very secularized. And so what happens is we always just give lip service. It just becomes, it, ma it makes us cynical, right? Because we basically say, well, what good is this going to do, right? But we feel like we have to do it because that's what Christians are supposed to do, right? So it, so it kind of creates that, that cynicism of just kind of doing it. All right, and thirdly was the pitfall of, of not of, of taking love out of prayer, right? In other words, we pray, but we really have no idea about who the people are and what's going on in our community. And what happens with that is it creates this idea of indifference. We become disinterested with prayer, right? It's really hard to pray for people that you have no relationship with. Right? In some sense, to, we, we, we are to grow in our love for our community, and prayer goes hand in hand with that. All right, so that's kind of where we are with everything that we've talked about so far, okay? But now we are sort of moving on to saying, well, what does it look like to push ourselves out? Okay, that somehow prayer so far, it's been directed sort of in, all right? So the question then is, what does it look like for us to push ourselves out in the way that we pray. All right, so I, again, I've asked Errol to, uh, to, to be our scripture reader for us. Errol heads up our prayer team. He's also one of our elders. And so, um, and if you, are, uh, if you are interested in participating more with, uh, with, with this, if, if this has kind of intrigued you a little bit, come and talk to Errol, all right? And we want to be able to grow our vision of prayer here at Christ Press. And so you might be, the solution. You might be the answer to prayer. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, uh, but but let's let's start with our sort of our key passage here. Okay. So, which has been in Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. But this time, as Errol reads, I want you to pay attention to the largeness of the prayer, if you will. Okay. I want you to pay attention to the breadth of it, okay, because, because it, and I've tried to highlight it on, this, on the slides, but I want you to pay attention to just how big the prayer is, okay? All right, Errol. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. All right, thank you. Now, how many alls are there in that passage? One? Three? That's correct answer is four. All right. But, but you notice, right? I don't know if you caught all that. I think Errol slowed down to kind of enunciate and I kind of try to highlight it, right? You can see that he's talking about something that, you, that when he says all the families on earth are named, to comprehend with all the saints. And then he's talking about this length, the depth, the bright, the height, the depth, 
right? And then he says, this idea of all is, is, is sort of central to what he's praying for. But remember, he is praying for the Ephesian church, right? He's praying for, like, like say, us, right? He's praying for Christ's prayers, but he's not just praying for Christ's prayers. There's a lot of alls outside of it, right? Outside of the Ephesian church, okay? So, in, in, so even in Paul's prayer that is very specific and directed to one church, at the same time, it's a very broad prayer, okay? It's, it's, it's almost one that is pushing, you, pushing, pushing us out, okay? So keep that in mind, okay? Keep that in mind because what we're going to look at is the pattern that Jesus actually gives us in the Lord's Prayer, okay? And I'm, and I'm looking at the passage in Matthew 6, all right? Because that, that's kind of where we, um, that's, that's one place where the Lord's Prayer is. And we say it every week, okay? But I don't know whether you've noticed this, all right? So, so pay attention, and then we're going to look at Matthew 6. I was going to read that for us. And I, want, and I want to call your attention to a couple of things in the prayer itself. All right, Errol. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All right. Thank you. All right. Now, I, what, what I've put up there is from the, uh, from the New King James Version, which is kind of when, when we say the Lord's Prayer, uh, this is where it comes from because it includes, uh, in, verse, in verse 13, it adds, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Right? Most of the ESV translations don't have that. If you want to know why, talk to me after. There's a whole interesting story of history of translation that's not part of this class, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting uh, discussion. But I do want you to pay attention to, and, and I've tried to kind of bracket a little bit how, um, so, that you, so that you kind of see how the prayer is laid out, okay? So look, at the beginning of it, before, before Jesus actually says what, we, what has become called the Lord's Prayer, he makes note about our needs, okay? So in other words, he says, your Father in heaven already knows your needs, okay? I'm calling that sort of our, anxi our anxiety is acknowledged, okay? In other words, when we come to prayer, it's not like heaven is deaf to where you are, okay? All right? And that's what Jesus is saying, right? The Father already knows that, okay? But notice that that's not where the prayer begins, okay? The prayer begins with what we would call Non, a a non-anxious acknowledgement, okay? And it's the language of what we call the kingdom, all right? So it begins with that, right? It is a, it is a petition in relation to Jesus' kingdom, all right? It says, right? So it says, for, and what, what we always pray, right? Father, what heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And then at the end, it acknowledges the reality of the kingdom, not a petition, but that it's 
that is already here. For yours is the kingdom. Okay? So it's, praying, it's saying, your kingdom come, and your kingdom is already here. Okay? It is. It, it's, it's already there. Okay? So it's not praying for something that is already present. It's, he's, he, it, it's wanting, to, wanting it to be made real, made manifested whatsoever. But notice that in between, our anxieties are prayed through. Okay? So, so notice that our petition, right, our needs, like those things that we feel. Okay? We feel our need for daily bread. We feel the temptations. All right? We feel the need for forgiveness and, the, and, and, and those who have wronged us and forgiving others. Well, we, if you were in the first service today, we talked about forgiveness, right? All of that is not disregarded. But it is sandwiched between this topic of the kingdom. Okay? So it's, it's not like... So, so, so keep, keep the flow here, right? So at the beginning, it's not like heaven is deaf to our needs. But it doesn't begin there. It begins with kingdom language in the prayer. And it ends with kingdom language in the prayer. But sandwiched in between is our felt needs. All right? So when we talk about what is it, how does the kingdom relate to prayer, Jesus has given us a pattern for that. Right? Jesus has given us a pattern for saying, sandwich your petitions, your felt needs, your anxieties, within the kingdom, all right? And, and, and the reason is this is why, okay? When you and I come to pray, what do we typically begin with? Us. It begin, we begin with us, okay? That's, that's standard. It's easy. I, I feel it, and so that's what comes out of me, all right? What Jesus is saying is, Begin with the kingdom, at the same time acknowledging the Father is not unaware of what you need. Right? It is not like that is unimportant to your Heavenly Father. Okay? So, it's not like your Father doesn't care about your, you know, whatever your teeny-weeny, whatever need that you might have. All right? Right? All, all of that. It's not, it's not like somehow that is unimportant. All right? Um, Joseph Wheat, who used to be at Highlands Press, you know, he used to say this, you know, whatever you're going through, you are, you are, you are, going, you are going through with 100%, <laughs> right? So in other words, for some other person, it might not be, it might not, hey, that's, that's not 100% need, that's like a 13% or something, right? But it's not, right? But the father is not deaf to you, okay? We have kind of a point scale for that. It's like, who wants to pray for that, right? But but no, but he says, no, it, whatever you're going through, you're going through with it 100%, and the Father knows that. All right, the Father knows that. But in order for us to pray for that rightly, it needs to be prayed within the context of the kingdom. And that's, what, and, that, and that's what Jesus is saying, okay? If not, our prayers all become anxiety-based prayers. Okay, that, that, that's usually where we go, all right? And that really doesn't fit with the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. Okay. All right, so all of that, all right, let's, let's start getting a little bit more practical here, all right? Okay, so Jesus has given us the pattern. The question is, well, what does that look like? What does it mean to pray around this idea of the kingdom, okay? And so there are a few things, and the book kind of walks through a few, uh, a few ways to, to, to talk about it. Um, I've just kind of just picked three, 
okay? And, um, and we're gonna look at it in terms of uh, how, how do we intercede for others. So one passage we're gonna look at here is in 1 Timothy chapter two. Um, Errol's gonna read 1 Timothy two verses one through six. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony. All right, given at the proper time. Oh, which is the te testimony given at the proper time. All right, thank you. All right, so, all right, so the, the, in, in 1 Timothy 2, all right, you have this pattern for interceding, okay, so intercession, all right? But notice what he says. First of all, he says pray for, he says, and he uses all these words to talk about it. But what I want you to see is, right, he says pray for all of these things, for what purpose? All right, this is a this is a good this is a good Bible reading question. Why why should we why should we intercede for those things? Yes, but is that the end? Keep going. Fight it every way. Why? You you haven't got to the end of the logic there yet. And what's the next sentence? And to come to the knowledge of the truth, right? Like, look, okay? If you only go to intercede so that you can lead a quiet and tranquil life, godly and dignified, who does not want that? Right? Right? Everybody, right? If you are, so like, that, if that is the end of our intercession, then ultimately, who is the intercession about? Okay? Again, it hasn't moved. <laughs> Right? That you're still in that anxiety-based prayer. All right? He hasn't, you're, you're still there. Okay? The, the, because why is Paul asking us, asking the Ephesian church, by the way, this is written to Timothy, who was a pastor in Ephesus. All right? The Ephesians 3 passage that we, just, that, that we read at the beginning. Okay? Paul is praying that for the Ephesian church. This is Paul's instruction to the pastor of that Ephesian church. Okay, so they all kind of go together. Okay, so in 1 Timothy 2, Paul is telling Timothy to, hey, I want you to urge your congregation to intercede so that they can lead a quiet and tranquil life because that affords them the ability to have a non-anxious prayer life. Okay, to pray, for, to intercede, but ultimately for the salvation of others, okay? This is where evangelism and prayer missions go together, okay? Ultimately, that's really what Paul is saying, okay? They are not, they are not, they are, they are, they are linked, okay? Our life as Christians, when we intercede to, on, on behalf of others, is not just so that it will bring peace to our lives, but it will bring others peace with God, Okay, that's, that's, the, that's the whole, that's the pattern that he's given there. All right, so how does that look, what, what does that look like? All right, all right, uh, can we look at Jeremiah 29, the next passage here? 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. All right, this is what we mean when we talk about praying for the city. Okay, what, what does it look like to, to seek the peace and the prosperity of the city? And he says, call to the Lord on its behalf. Right? In other words, he's saying in, in some ways, what, what, what does it mean like to, to seek the kingdom? is to seek the good and the welfare of the city in which God has placed us, okay? So if, if this is where we are in Oxford, then in some ways our prayer life needs to not just be about us here, but it's about others here, okay? Whatever that means, right? In, in what, however we are praying that, the, that, that good would come to other people in our town is actually kingdom-oriented. Okay, that's, what, that's a pattern that, 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 that he's giving here, all right? Now, the, the, now I, all that I think is, hopefully, is not news to you. I think what's difficult, I think, in this whole topic is what does that look like when we come together and pray about kingdom-oriented prayers, okay? And, and the, 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 the second, the, the last quarter of the book basically goes through these practical scenarios because when you come together to pray for the most, and you share prayer requests, okay, typically it is always going to be needs that you and I have, okay? It's really hard to come together to share prayer requests that are non-anxiety related, okay? It, 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 right? It's, 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 it's incredibly hard, okay? In other words, if I were, if I were to put us in, in if, if you were to get into a group of people and, I would, and, I, and, I, and we went through and we say, hey, what's on your heart? What, what prayer request do you have? You are probably going to go to somebody, yourself or somebody else, who's directly connected to you. And, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's typical. And, the, and again, the Bible doesn't say that is not a, that is a good thing. Okay, We're not saying that's a bad thing. All right, but it is hard to get to that place where the needs that we are sharing are kingdom-oriented, right? that have to do with intercession on other people's behalf that have absolutely nothing to do with you personally. All right? And in some ways, that is what we are trying to grow in. All right? it's, it's what we're trying to grow in. So, 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 so there's a couple of chapters in here that kind of um, that, that, that tries to practically try to say, how do we advance that, right? What, what, is that, what does that look like? All right, so, so this should be, the, should be the ninth slide here. But so he says, first, don't be discouraged, all right? Because the, the analogy that's used for the kingdom in the Bible is the mustard seed, right? The, 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 his, his fancy way of saying it's, you know, uh, praying, kingdom prayers begins low and slow. Okay? It begins low and slow, right? In other words, it's not going to be something that happens immediately. 
right? It's not everybody, every church that desires to become a praying church will go through the pangs of pain of working towards that place where we are playing kingdom-oriented prayers. It's just hard, okay? And it's not something that I, that I or anybody can guilt or shame us into doing, <laughs> right? It's something that God does through His Holy Spirit in your heart and my heart, all right? And, and there's no way around it, all right? Now, I know I'm telling you now, but again, just because I'm telling you now doesn't automatically mean that you're going to start thinking about those things. If you were to start thinking about, for example, having a burden or a, for the salvation of the lost in your, in, in your neighborhood, my neighbor doesn't know Jesus. Is that part of our desire when we come together and pray? Right? If, 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 and, and, that, and that will be kingdom-oriented. Right? And that will be kingdom-oriented because that is a burden that is not necessarily, is, is an anxiety that's placed on you, not because it's personally directed at you. You care about the other person and, the, and, and, and his or her salvation. Okay? Or if it's for a church member that you don't know that well, but you have, what does it mean like to have a love and a burden for them because they're part of your church? How would that happen? What, what, how, what, what, how does that come out in, in our time of prayer? Okay? All of that is what we're saying, but it begins low and slow. It begins in small ways. All right? It begins in small ways. All right? Sec the second way that he kind of, kind of gets at this is to start developing within our church community set times for prayer. All right? A lot of times, you know, when we think about prayer, prayer is very much, you know, we say things like, you know, I, I don't need, I just, I'm just praying all the time. You know, I'm praying when I'm in my car, I'm praying when I'm, you know, wake up in the morning, you know, whatever, you know, I'm praying when I'm doing this, or praying I'm, when I'm hunting, or what, I don't know, you know, whatever, right, whatever, whatever you're doing that you, you think of, like, all that is great, okay, but that's like, that's like saying, I love my wife, and I'm, you know, and, and I spend time with her, uh, but I don't have any date nights, you know, there's no set time, right, right, that, is, by the way, that's not a good marriage, okay? So, um, you, if, 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 you, have to have set, you have to set aside time, right? You do. If not, that is not a healthy marriage. In the same way, when it comes to prayer, you say, well, I'm, I just, it's something that just happens automatically. That's, that really doesn't, it's not, it's, not, it's not true, okay? So, I don't know what that looks like in, in terms of our vision for prayer at CPC, all right? Um, what, praying, during or after after church on Sunday morning, during the services, um, having a midweek prayer time, I don't know. Okay? But again, mustard seed, right? We can't we can't we can't guilt people into doing this. It is something that we are praying that you would have a burden for. <laughs> All right? So welcome. Welcome to the experiment. Okay? So but it's not it's not something that we can that we, we that we can create. But at the same time we also are saying that we do need to sort of develop these idea of what does it mean to set aside times for prayer. And then thirdly, and, 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 and this is probably my favorite part of the book, but he talks about, and the title, of the, the title of the chapter is, is on the hunt for resurrection, okay? And, and, he, and, this, and his point is this, okay? If you, if, you're, if, every, if, if the only time when you pray is only in relation to something 
to problems, to something that's bad. You won't pray. It will wear you out. All right? It's the, you know, it's like, it's the example of, if you're, if you, you know, it's like in the Lord of the Rings, you know, how does the, how does the ring corrupt? Right? It's because they spend all their time looking at evil. Right? So if you, if you spend all the time looking at evil, eventually, right, it will, it will just undo you. All right? And it has undone many people. Okay? So what does that look like? Right? What does it look like to not just gather because, or to start praying because there's a problem? All right? Um, what does it look like to pray around answers? Or to say, what is God doing? Okay? And part of that is a lot of times when, we, when there are good things that happen, um, we just attribute that to a matter of course. But when bad things happen, that's when, that, that's when, we, need, that, that's when we start praying. Okay? And his point, and I think it's, it's right, is to say, did the good come about outside of God? <laughs> right? And we would say no. Right? And we need to train ourselves to start noticing that. Okay? Um, and part of that is for us to have opportunities where part of sharing together is not just sharing our problems, but also what is it that God has done? Okay? Um, and again, that is also something that we need training to do, to recognize. All right? Maybe there might be small things. Okay? But part of that is also something that we, are, we, need, we, we need to be retrained to do, to recognize within, you know, when, we, when we gather. All right? All right? So <clears throat> there's a lot more for that. I just picked three that I thought was, was good. Um, we'll, and if you've got any comments here. But I want to close by asking Errol to read this last passage here. Because I think if you're talking about a vision of prayer, all right, nothing beats this. Okay? All right. Can you read the Revelation 8 passage? Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints, rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. All right. I, I love this. All right. Okay, this is amazing. All right. So I don't, know if you, I don't know if you're tracking with the image here, right? So he says, the prayer rises up, right? That's a, that's a censer. The angel takes it. Right, rises it up, throw, brings it up to the altar, and is the is that the end of the story? What happens at the end? It throws it back down, <laughs> right? Isn't that amazing? So basically, it's like this idea of your prayers rising up to God, and and it comes back down, <laughs> right? Because a lot of times we think of prayer as just you know up one way, okay? But the the the, the vision here is the prayers that go up. And it, it comes back down. It's thrown back down, right? And it ain't small. Earthquakes, peals of thunder, right? It's not, it's not dinky, okay? So, it, and, and that's the image that we're given in the Bible of what, of, 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 of praying, of praying together, right? Prayer of all the saints, right? Not just yours, remember? All the saints, okay? So, right? So, th th there is a, there's a corporate nature to this, okay? Which is what we've been, we've been talking about, okay? But, 
in other words, all, that, that's the image, right? That's the image, all right? Um, and, you know, if you ever get, like, discouraged, right, read this. Right? I, I, you know, that this is what's happening, all right, when we pray together, right? I love it, all right? So I hope you love it, too. All right, that's it. All right, questions, comments? So there's a prayer group that meets during the second service um, every Sunday, okay? Now, if that does not work for you, but you say, I would like to pray together, you are an answer to prayer, okay? Because we are looking for other opportunities for that, okay? So if that is something that is on your heart, talk to Errol, come talk to me. Uh, we would love to find a place and a time for us to be able to do that together if that second service slot does not work. All right? Set times doesn't mean there's only one. All right? We can have more than one. All right? The question is what, which, one, which, which one works. All right? But again, if, that is, if, that, if that's kind of where you are, uh, we would love, I would love to talk to you, Errol would love to talk to you, and we would like to, like to see what we, what we can do. Okay? Any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today? Um, there's a lot more that we can say, but one of, the, one of the quotes I came across when I was doing this was a quote from uh, John Calvin, a reformed a reform friend, okay? But he, and, and, this is, and this is what John Calvin talks about when he talks about prayer, okay? God answers, he says, if I remember the quote, it's like this. It's, God answers our prayer not as we pray them, but as we would pray them if we were wiser, Right? God, and let me say it again, God answers our prayer, not as we pray them, but as we would pray them if we were wiser. Okay, and in other words, are there any prayers that will go unanswered? No. No. All right. Well, let me pray. We'll end here. <clears throat> Father, we, uh, we hope and pray, God, that all of us would have uh, captured a vision of what does it mean to pray together. Uh, Father, I, Father, I'm always amazed at the pictures that are given in the Bible. Um, and so often our, our, our imaginations are weak, are, are so small. Um, and Father, yet, your Lord, you want to enlarge not just our desire, um, but also our, our, our hearts and our minds to to grasp, even as Paul prayed, the length, the height, the depth, the breadth, um, and to really know um, the love of God. So, Father, we pray that, uh, that as we go from here and as we look forward to next Sunday to pray together, Father, I pray that that would truly be a, a time of blessing for every person who, uh, who comes to our class uh, next, uh, next Sunday. Uh, Father, we want to grow, um, not in prayer, but in our communion with you, because that's what it's ultimately about. So we ask that you would do that for us by your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.